Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Monday. It's the 17th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The major party candidates for governor will meet tonight for their first and only televised debate. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds is seeking a second full term and will face her Democratic challenger Deidre DeGere at Iowa PBS Studios in Johnston to be broadcast statewide. The hour-long debate begins at 7 this evening and can also be heard on IPR news stations. Iowa Press host Kay Henderson and other journalists will moderate. A Des Moines Register Iowa poll out yesterday shows Reynolds with a 17-point lead over DeGere. In that same poll, Republican U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley is locked in a tight race against his Democratic challenger, retired Navy Admiral Mike Franken. The Iowa poll, conducted by pollster J.N. Selzer and published in the Des Moines Register, shows Grassley's lead over Franken has narrowed to three percentage points, making it Grassley's toughest re-election fight in 40 years. The poll of 804 Iowa adults includes 620 likely voters. It was conducted between October 9th and the 12th. The questions asked of all Iowans have a margin of error of plus or minus 3.5 percentage points. A milestone environmental law is marking its 50th anniversary tomorrow. The Federal Clean Water Act led to the creation of the nationwide standards for water quality for the first time. But IPR's Grant Gerlock tells us a loophole in the law is what largely shapes water quality issues in Iowa today. When the Clean Water Act passed in 1972, some cities and industrial plants were releasing raw sewage and untreated waste into lakes and rivers. David Swertney of the University of Iowa Center for Health Effects of Environmental Contamination says that kind of pollution from cities and factories is largely under control. Instead, one of the main problems for Iowa Water now is agricultural runoff, which was left out of the Clean Water Act. That's the problem today, is it's a law that has worked, but it was a law that was limited in scope to begin with. And as a result, most of our pollution struggles today are all things that are falling outside that scope. Swartney says legal battles over the reach of the Clean Water Act started as soon as it was passed. Just this month, the U.S. Supreme Court heard a case challenging rules protecting wetlands from development. University of Iowa hospitals and clinics employees who say that overtime and other payments were improperly paid will receive $15 million as part of a class action suit that was filed in 2019. The healthcare system and about 11,000 workers have argued that managers did not pay overtime bonuses or accrued leave as quickly as state and federal law requires. Lawyers for the employees say in court documents filed that the settlement figure could have been as high as $64 million. A class action lawsuit has been announced alleging the U.S. government broke its promise of debt relief to black and brown farmers. Under the American Rescue Plan Act, $4 billion in relief from the U.S. Department of Agriculture was supposed to go to farmers of color. That was repealed under the Inflation Reduction Act this August, which replaced it with $3 billion relief for economically distressed farmers of any race. It also includes $2 billion for farmers who can prove the USDA discriminated against them. One of the class action representatives of the suit, Princess Williams, says at a press conference the USDA's failure to follow through with the promised money hurt her farm. As a matter of fact, it was a slap in the face to see that it was repealed um, after it was promised to us. 
A USDA spokesperson says the litigation stalling the relief would have continued for years if not for the Inflation Reduction Act. And more than a third of Iowa counties are considered maternity care deserts. That's according to the most recent report by the nonprofit March of Dimes. The report found 35 of Iowa's 99 counties had no hospitals providing obstetric care, birth centers, OBGYNs, or certified nurse midwives in 2020. This marks a 21 percent increase in Iowa counties considered maternity care deserts from 2018 to 2020. This is Here First from IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Iowans can start voting this Wednesday, October 19th, for governor, members of Congress, state lawmakers, and more. That includes in-person early voting. Again, it's coming up Wednesday. It's also the day election officials can start mailing absentee ballots to voters who requested them. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek is here to talk about options for early voting and how they've changed since some new voting laws were passed last year. Hey, Katerina. Hi, Clay. So if you want to vote early in person, what's it take? Every county will have its county auditors or elections office open for in-person early voting starting October 19th and running through November 7th. Some counties also have satellite early voting sites at other locations. Those might be different from past years because there's a new law that changes how they're set up, and voters can check their county auditor's website or call their auditor's office to find out where and when those other locations will be this year. Okay, I'm heading out the door, going to vote early. What do I need to remember to bring with me? Bring an ID to vote. That's an Iowa driver's license or state ID for most people. If you don't have one of those, you can use an Iowa voter identification card, which you can request from your county auditor if needed. And then you can also use a military or veteran ID, a U.S. passport or a tribal ID. And if you get there and there's a problem with your ID, you can typically vote a provisional ballot and then go back later to show the proper ID or documents. And if you're not already registered to vote when you go to your voting location, you might need to bring an additional proof of residence document to register if your ID doesn't show your current address. County auditors also start mailing ballots on Wednesday to people who requested them How can people who are voting at home make sure that their vote is getting counted? The most important thing is to make sure that your county auditor receives your ballot by 8 p.m. on Election Day. That's November 8th. This deadline is pretty new. It used to be that you could put your ballot in the mail the day before Election Day and it would get counted if it arrived a few days later. But that's not a thing anymore at all. So election officials say that if you're going to mail your completed ballot Do that as far ahead of Election Day as possible to give it the best chance of getting there on time. And if you don't want to risk it, you can hand deliver your ballot to your county auditor or elections office. Some have a ballot drop box. And if you want someone else to deliver your ballot for you, there are new rules for that, too. You can check voterready.iowa.gov for that information. And there's an exception to this mail voting deadline for overseas and military voters. All right. Any other tips for absentee voting this year? Election officials say the most common mistake is that voters forget to sign and date the outer envelope containing their ballot. So sign where it says to sign, follow all the instructions that come with the ballot, and you can track your ballot at voterready.iowa.gov to see when it's received by your county auditor. And if something's wrong with the ballot, like you forgot to sign it, Your county auditor is required to contact you and provide options for fixing that. But again, the sooner that you get your ballot returned, the more likely it is that you'll be able to fix any problems. In addition to these 
new voting laws that you've been talking about that we've gone through. Is there anything else that voters should just know as they're doing their homework ahead of voting? Well, election officials say that Iowans should make a plan to vote, whether that's early in person, by mail, or at your polling place on Election Day, November 8th. And on Election Day, polls will close at 8 p.m., an hour earlier than they used to. And Iowa has been through a round of redistricting. So maybe for years you've had the same state representative or state senator. Well, those district boundaries have changed, and a large number of lawmakers are retiring. So now you might be looking at completely new names on your ballot. So just a heads up about that. And your polling place might be different, too. And you can look that up at voter registration. Before you go to vote. All right. Early voting begins on Wednesday. That's this Wednesday, October 19th. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestark. Thanks for getting us up to speed. Thanks, Clay. And now for a profile of one of Iowa's congressional races on the midterm ballot this year. Republican Randy Feenstra is running for a second term as the U.S. representative for Iowa's 4th Congressional District. And his odds of succeeding in the reliably Republican district are high. But as IPR's Kendall Crawford reports, Ryan Melton of Nevada is challenging Feenstra for his seat, putting him in a long line of Democrats who've sought to topple the conservative stronghold. Back in June, Feenstra stepped onto the stage at the second annual Feenstra Family Picnic in Sioux Center. The Hall native grinned as he took in the crowd of Northwest Iowans. The Sioux City Journal captured the moment on video. You know, Sioux County and Northwest Iowa couldn't be more different than D.C. It is just night and day different. He served one term in Congress after since as a local city administrator, a county treasurer, and three terms in the Iowa Senate. Feenstra declined to make himself available for an interview for this story. But at the picnic, he called his constituents' attention to his Christian values and his conservative voting record. I have voted to end taxpayer-funded abortions. I voted to lower taxes for families and farmers. I voted to secure the border. I have voted to make America energy independent by the great biofuels of ethanol and biodiesel that we have in this great state. Republicans greatly outnumber Democrats in the 44-county region that covers western Iowa and stretches northeast. To voters like Mike Fuchs, that means Feenstra is the obvious candidate to represent the largely rural region. The Lamar's beef producer says he's been impressed with how the representative has fought for farmers like him. We've been working with Chuck Grassley, trying to get some transparency in there to uh, help us individual cattle feeders so we get a fair price up and down the road. Fooch says he's done a good job at replacing Steve King, Feenstra's predecessor who held the seat for nine terms. But controversial statements surrounding white supremacy led to the longtime congressman being stripped of his committee assignments. In the 2018 election, King narrowly defeated Democratic challenger J.D. Shelton by three points. Then, in 2020, Feenstra took down King in the Republican primaries. He went on to beat Shelton by 24 points. Political scientist Andrew Green of Central College says he expects a similarly sweeping victory for Feenstra this cycle. It would probably be the biggest surprise in the United States if we woke up the morning after the election and and Ryan Melton was elected a congressman from the 4th District of Iowa. I think it would be that big of a shock. But those long odds haven't deterred Melton. 
The supervisor at Nationwide Insurance doesn't have a ton of experience in Iowa politics, but he says that also means he's not influenced by corporate donors. I just look at the facts. I speak the truth the best I can. If people don't like it, I guess I, I just don't care. So th- I remember your last name, too. You're Judy Plank. At a campaign stop in Sioux City earlier this month, Melton hit hard on Democratic platforms like education funding and abortion rights. And he expressed his opposition to carbon capture pipelines, especially if some landowners aren't given a choice. I don't believe that we should be using eminent domain to take private landowner land to enrich private corporations. It's an issue that Melton says stretches across party lines. Feenstra wrote an op-ed in support of the technology, which has become divisive among Northwest Iowa farmers whose land stands in the pipeline's path. I've had a number of Steve King voters that have come up to me and said they're going to vote for me because of my stance against carbon capture. Melton has repeatedly called upon Feenstra to debate him on topics like carbon capture, but the incumbent refused to appear on Iowa PBS. The fourth congressional race is the only one without a joint forum between candidates. That frustrates Sioux City resident Joy Gonnerman, who feels like her voice is not being heard in Washington with Feenstra as her representative. She says she feels like women and LGBT voices in the district are being ignored. It's frustrating because he's... He, he acts as though he speaks for everybody. You know, he always says Iowans, and I'm not included in that Iowans that he's speaking of. People like Gonerman are part of what led Melton to run. Even if his chances are slim, he says it's important that people can vote for what they value. In Sioux City, I'm Kendall Crawford, IPR News. Learn more about the races in this midterm election year at our website, IPR.org, and you can click on our midterm election voter guide. This is here first from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.